Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Bedelski here broadcasting in Rock and Roll Rochester, Med City, at the one and only St. James Coffee House. And joining me is my co-host for the second time, mm-hmm. Melissa Scaccio, uh, here at the wonderful St. James. At, yes, good morning, uh, Nick. Good morning. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's beautiful. We're still in Easter week. A lot of people think of Easter as Easter Sunday, but as Catholics we know it goes, at least this week is Easter week, and then we have a full full season afterwards as well. So how was your Easter? It was really good. Um, when you do music ministry, uh, the triduum is crazy. So it's just like, um, it's, it's, uh, uh, there's uh, lots of prep time, and you have to be there early, and you leave late, and my kids really don't enjoy what I have to do during Easter, and then I make them be the altar servers at Mass, too. So, um, yeah, between Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and then working, um, it's pretty... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm resting now. <laughs> pretty packed, yeah. Yes. Um, and I uh, I had the chance to attend the uh, Chrism Mass here across the street. Oh, on Mon- last Fox Monday, that was CEO. great. That was beautiful, and then I went to New Ulm for theirs uh, the week before, previously. So we got to double up on the Chrism Mass, and the kids went to both. And, of course, that's always exciting to see Bishop breathe on some oil, and, you know, it gets consecrated. So always a cool one of the one of the more interesting liturgies. Um, so uh, one of my favorite. And then uh, this was the first year we got to do the full Holy Week uh, services in the Ukrainian Catholic Church because we moved from somewhere where we didn't have one, so we went to the Roman Catholic uh, so this was the first time we got to do all the services, and it was it was really really moving, really moving, and really beautiful to be able to do that. So I'm glad we were able to do that, especially at this time when you know so many of our uh, the family of our parishioners uh, in Ukraine and everything are going through a really rough time and going through their own Holy Week right now. Especially they're uh, a week off, you know, they're on the the Orthodox calendar mm-hmm. there in Ukraine. So uh, really moving experience to be able to uh, participate spiritually in that Holy Week. It makes me very curious, like, what those um, masses are like when you talk about that, because I just, I don't know. And it makes me almost, you know, if it wasn't so far away. Right, <laughs> And right, I had more yeah, time in yeah. my day, and gas wasn't so expensive. Might drive up for one of those. Yeah, yeah. And it uh, it was, like I said, it was our first for, for all of the services, because there are quite, quite a few um, different services. And, uh, you know, they like to incorporate the... Um, like the liturgy of the hours, morning prayer and evening prayer are a big part of the, the services around Holy Week and around Christmas, too. Because so, the services um, are a lot longer, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We got there at uh, Easter Sunday morning. Uh, we got there at 6.30, and we left about 10.30. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... Yeah. It was quite the... Uh, but it was beautiful. My it kids was, should not really complain. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I used to, you know, I used to remember back when we were Roman Catholic, and if it was two hours, man, that was way too much and now it's like 
Okay, four. Yeah, that, you know, that that's reasonable. That's not too bad. Our, our vigil was two and a half because we had a wedding. We had four baptisms and we had three people be confirmed into the church. So it, was, it was just, it was beautiful. It didn't seem like two and a half hours. And then oh, with yeah. the candles and no one lit themselves on fire, which oh, is good. always yeah. good. Because yeah. when you're in the front and you just are watching, you just are waiting for chaos to, to break out. And there was nothing this year and it was just, it was beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, our first guest is uh, is on the line, Bishop Kagan, and uh, he's from the Diocese of Bismarck. And uh, I won't uh, won't say everything uh, that he's about to say, but he's going to tell us about uh, the Easter octave and about Easter. So, uh, good morning, Bishop. Hey, good morning. And uh, as I mentioned, for our listeners who aren't familiar, Bishop Kagan is the Diocese of Fargo, and you've been on the air uh, plenty of times before, so listeners should probably be familiar with you. Uh, how was your Easter, Bishop? Well, first of all, I'm the Bishop of Bismarck, but I Bismarck, used to also my be apologies. The, <laughs> the administrator of Fargo until Bishop Folder was appointed. Ah, so uh, yeah. I've been bishop in both dioceses at one time or another. Uh, true. But uh, true. My, uh, my Easter was beautiful, uh, in spite of uh, we had a, uh, a real serious blizzard out here uh, for most of last week. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I was thoroughly edified by the uh, large numbers of people who who came to each of the uh, uh, the masses and and Good Friday liturgy uh, during the Paschal Triduum, and so uh, it, it was a wonderful uh, uh, few days for all of us, and hopefully it continues that way. Oh, um. Could you talk a little bit about, um, is Easter over yet? Like a lot of people oh, think no. Easter, yeah. people like um, no. in, in the coffee shop, I have a sign that says Happy Easter, and someone yeah. told me I should take it down already this morning, and I'm like, oh, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, no, Easter, uh, well, uh, to be perfectly candid, Easter never ends. Uh, but uh, as St. Augustine told us, every Sunday is a little Easter, but... Uh, uh, in in terms of what we've just celebrated, uh, Easter uh, literally continues for uh, the active. We relive Easter Sunday liturgically and hopefully spiritually uh, each of the days from Easter Sunday through next Sunday, uh, Divine Mercy Sunday, and uh, and then the Easter season continues on uh, until uh, the Vespers on Pentecost Sunday. And uh, it's if for us who are Catholic, uh, it's really a continuous celebration of the resurrection of, of the Lord from the dead and, uh, you know, the accomplishment of, of the redemption of all mankind uh, of all times and places. And uh, the Church emphasizes this for all of us by uh, not just the celebration of the octave, where uh, each day's gospel is an accounting of uh, that first Easter Sunday, but we can immediately with Easter Sunday, uh, we're introduced to uh, the the beginnings of the church with the preachings of Saint uh, Peter and the other apostles on the day of Pentecost and moving forward, but it's always about Jesus Christ crucified and risen from the dead, and that's the 
that's the uh, the message of Easter that, as as Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI said so beautifully, Easter uh, simply uh, proclaims to us that God lives, and uh, because of that, uh, we have our faith, our hope. We have uh, redemption offered to us and and at hand for us, and so uh, you know. Uh, some people may think, you know, Easter ends with sundown on Easter Sunday, but for Catholics, you know, in as I say, in that broader sense, Easter is never over. Uh, again, it was St. Augustine who uh, coined that phrase that uh, we are an Easter people, and Alleluia is our hymn of praise. And... Uh, uh, you know, you see that used in various ways, but it, it's, it, it comes to us from St. Augustine himself. Yeah, that's always been one of my favorite uh, sayings about Easter and about the Church, right? That we are an Easter people, yeah. and Alleluia is our song, because it's such a such a central feast. In fact, uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church calls it the Feast of Feasts, right? It's the, the yeah, most it, solemn it is. Yeah. Uh, of the year. And that's, uh, that's part of the reason we, we continue celebrating it uh, for an octave, uh, right? I think right now, that's, is that the only feast that's an octave? Uh, no, Christmas has Christmas uh, its well, octave, yeah. but it's, it's a little, it's structured differently than the Easter octave. And, uh, uh, it, but, you know, when we contemplate uh, what Easter itself uh, is, you know, it, we should be on our knees thanking God, you know, yeah. repeatedly for Absolutely. Easter Sunday, because left to our own devices, we're lost. Uh, we we could never have done for ourselves what uh, Jesus did for us uh, as the, the Son of God and Savior. And uh, uh, as I say, you know, it it's it's such a magnificent and and mysteriously wonderful feast that is that we celebrate. People should be anxious every Sunday uh, to be celebrating, uh, you know, that little Easter. Hmm. Yeah. And, and Bishop, can I just ask? I just I love to ask people this question, <clears throat> but it's the um, what what one do you like more, Christmas or Easter? And like, which one do you feel? Because like a lot of people will say they like Christmas more. And they think that's more important, and some people like Easter more and say that's more important. Where do, where do you weigh in on that? Well, you know, it, it, that's almost like a, an impossible question to answer, <laughs> because uh, one, uh, what's begun in the incarnation of God as man is perfectly accomplished and completed in the mystery of, in the Paschal mystery of uh, the resurrection and the ascension of our Lord uh, back into heaven. So, you know, uh, it, for me, uh, it, I, I love them both because it, while they're distinct feasts, uh, one is, it, it is directly connected to the other, and it, we almost are celebrating uh, the whole continuum of salvation history uh, from Christmas uh, through Easter and the Easter season. 
So it's like their book. So I guess I didn't. Re- I didn't. Re- yeah, I really didn't answer your question. But it, <laughs> it's almost. You know, why do we have to choose which one we like more? You know, I, I suppose because of all the nice accidental things that surround Christmas that you know gives everybody a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. But you know, uh, when we look at the. the both of the the solemnities, uh, and of course it it, it involves uh, the same Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, uh, they can't really be ranked in importance uh, because one begins and the other completes uh, literally the mystery of our salvation. Absolutely, and I think that that kind of leads in nicely to uh, the 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 crowning of the octave or or whatever term we want to use, but uh, Divine Mercy Sunday, uh, and I still oh, yeah. remember when I was a kid and they first uh, kind of made that a universal feast uh, within the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, so, uh, could you uh, explain a little bit about why Divine Mercy Sunday is located there? I know obviously there's the uh, Saint Faustina's uh, Re, uh, visions and all that associated with it, right. but it really fits there well, on that day. So, it, could you talk a little well, bit about Well, it does, that? and yes, Pope St. John Paul II established uh, the the Sunday after Easter, the, the final day of the Easter octave, as Divine Mercy Sunday. And uh, in, in the, uh, as he established it, he wrote that it is from the, uh, the pierced side of our Lord and Savior that the church itself is born and we receive from that pierced side of Jesus uh, the sacraments which are for our life and our salvation. Mm. And it makes perfect sense uh, that uh, it would be the final day of the Easter octave, uh, which you know, we celebrate as each day of this octave is Easter Sunday for us, and uh, you know it. It's such a beautiful uh, devotion that uh, I, you know, if at all possible, uh, people should uh, be at the uh, Divine Mercy celebration, which usually takes place in the afternoon mm. uh, of. Uh, Divine Mercy Sunday, and um, you know, it, it, to to pray along uh, with that devotion uh, is not just very instructive, but it's it's really a a great consolation. Uh, it, it should be a great consolation to anyone who participates in it to know that uh, the abundance of the pierced heart of Christ. Uh, is uh, strictly and, uh, you know, uh, willingly given to each of us if we but go to him and go to his his, uh, his uh, merciful heart. And uh, uh, so I would encourage people, uh, if they uh, are able, uh, the the celebration is usually at the hour of mercy at, at three o'clock in the afternoon uh, on Divine Mercy Sunday uh, to return to church uh, and and participate in that uh, 
beautiful devotion. Oh, Bishop, um, what are some other ways you could encourage the listeners to celebrate during the active of Easter besides just participating in Divine Mercy Sunday? Well, if possible, certainly uh, continue daily Mass because the, the uh, readings uh, for the daily Masses now in the active, the Gospel, uh, as I said, is uh, the Church chooses one of the four gospel narrations of, of the passion, uh, death, and resurrection of Jesus for us to listen to. Uh, and uh, the first readings, uh, again, beginning with Easter Sunday, are now all taken from uh, the Acts of the Apostles. And so a great uh, blessing for us is right from Easter Sunday and continuing now through the active and the rest of the Easter season, is we listen first to the transforming impact that the resurrection of Jesus had first on the apostles and those first disciples, but also then uh, how they went literally into the known world at the time and preached uh, Jesus as the Son of God, the Savior, crucified and risen from the dead, and the effect that had on the listeners. You know, we, you listen, and, you know, the first day, uh, the day of Pentecost, over 3,000 were baptized uh, because of the preaching of Peter and the other apostles, and uh, the tremendous impact uh, that message of uh, Jesus crucified and risen had on the world itself. But it's also, I think, a very good uh, practice uh, for people as families, at least during the octave, uh, to set aside some time uh, just to pray uh, the rosary uh, during the octave and again, the the rosary, uh, all of the the mysteries, whether they're the joyful, sorrowful, luminous, or glorious, involve us in the life of Christ through the eyes of our Blessed Mother, and help us hopefully understand and appreciate better uh, just what uh, God, in His great mercy, has done for us. Uh, uh, in these uh, in the days which we celebrate and commemorate what has been done for us. Absolutely, absolutely. And eight days really uh, isn't enough uh, to to meditate. No, on that's the, why we have the we have the rest of the Easter season to continue it. And uh, you know, and the church, you know, is very wise uh, in her care for us. Uh, the church in, uh, encourages us to uh, not just spend, you know, these few days, the active days, uh, which are most important, but continue to celebrate uh, our redemption uh, each day. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to come to an end on Easter Sunday or Divine Mercy Sunday or on Pentecost Sunday. It really should continue for all of us every day that we never forget uh, that we have been purchased 
with the very blood of Christ himself. And uh, because of that, uh, we have heaven uh, uh, open to us. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it's uh, it's just such a such a beautiful gift. And I, I uh, knew a priest once who said the triduum is powerful medicine that the church recommends we take once a year um, because there's oh, yeah. so much so much packed into those three days and uh, to meditate on Easter the rest of the year. Uh, but there's just so much there that's central, right? You know, uh, that uh, the resurrection is such a central aspect. Uh, of our Christian Absolutely. faith, and even to this day, you have people who, who have trouble comprehending it, or even you know some, uh, some. Uh, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the word. <laughs> I, I've seen you know every now and now and then around this time of year, you see people put uh, opinion pieces in papers or or certain oh, articles yeah. about you know well maybe Jesus didn't actually bodily rise from right. the dead maybe it's a metaphor or something like that but that's that's mm-hmm. not what we believe as catholics we know no. that and, uh, we know that it's true it's it's one of the great uh mysteries uh of our faith uh that god becomes one of us in order to save us from what we have done to ourselves. And he's the only one who could have done it, because he's the only one who is sinless, you know. And uh, so it's, you know, it's a mystery of faith. And uh, mm-hmm. not everything is to be is able to be perfectly and completely rationalized and explained away. It requires... Uh, a sincere faith, and we have to trust in Almighty God and His providence for us. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning, uh, Bishop, uh, and taking You're some time very out of welcome. your day. Before you go, uh, would you mind giving our listeners your blessing? I certainly shall. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of you and remain with you forever. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much. And uh, Real You're Presence Live, Real Presence Live listeners, stick with us through the break. When we come back, uh, Linda Baldwin is going to tell us about her recent trip to the Holy Land and how that has uh, impacted her understanding of Holy Week. Stay tuned. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 